friends. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning on in again. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs, the host of this little podcast called Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. Thank you so much to everyone who is tuning into this podcast, which is proudly done in conjunction with a team at Endometriosis Australia. Not only here in our country are people tuning in, but overseas there's uh, people from the States, Ireland, the UK, Croatia, Singapore, you know, but we have so many endo warriors across the globe who are tuning in and connecting via this podcast. And if you are enjoying it, make sure you do leave us a rating, give it five stars, type in a little review, say whatever you like, because by doing that, it actually does help to spread the word that there is a podcast about endometriosis. So this episode is really, really exciting. We are talking about the role that complementary medicine can play in managing endometriosis. And we've got one of our members of the Clinical Advisor Committee to join us. His name is Mike Armour. He's a Senior Research Fellow with Nikon Health Research Institute. He knows all things when it comes to acupuncture and Chinese herbs, and it really is a fascinating chat. So let's get into it, talking all things acupuncture and endometriosis. Mike, hello. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ali. Now, you are one of the very important clinical advisory committee members who at Endometriosis Australia, we look up to, there's so many incredibly smart people, and you are there to represent the what the complementary medicine th- side of things yeah i think um uh, tracy and myself are the kind of comp med people on the um on the clinical advisory board committee committee board i'm not sure the committee committee okay that's the one. <laughs> you're a committee you get together now uh complementary medicine someone may be going i'm not 100 percent sure what that is how do you describe it a really good question. It's actually quite a hard thing to describe um, because complementary medicine kind of changes depending on where you are in the world um, and it also changes over time. So generally the kind of the definition is, you know, something which is outside the realm of, of mainstream medicine. Um, and so things, you know, such as uh, meditation and things like that, mindfulness, you know, would have been complementary and alternative medicine um, many years ago. But are they now? You know, they're kind of many GPs will prescribe, um, you know, tell people to do mindfulness and meditation. Mm. So same with yoga, you know, so it's still a complementary medicine, but it's kind of mainstream. So there is a blurred line. Um, and also it depends where we live. So, for example, you know, acupuncture. And Chinese medicine in Australia, very much a complementary medicine. Um, in China, very much not. It's, you know, part of the mainstream medical system there. So uh, it is hard to, to define uh, clearly. But I'd say in Australia, it's pretty much um, anything that, that's probably outside the scope of a GP or specialist to, um, you know, to prescribe so you are an expert when it comes to acupuncture and Chinese medicine. You are fully qualified. Oh, I tell you what, it was a life-changing <laughs> moment when I had my first ever acupuncture session after having some really bad endo pain. Uh, it's, you, you just have to try it. It's the most amazing feeling ever. Yeah, it's certainly, un- I think it's really unusual for people who haven't had it before because we often associate needles with blood tests. Mm. Um, you know, or injections, and they, they tend to be, you know, they're, they're a bit sore. Um, and acupuncture is different. It's an unusual feeling, I think, is what most people say. 
Um, it shouldn't feel really, you know, like you're getting a, a blood test or an injection. It just feels strange, like a heaviness or a, a pressure feeling, mm. um, sometimes a dullness. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very different to what people expect, I think. So what exactly is acupuncture? So acupuncture is basically the insertion of, of needles into very, very thin needles, I should point out, mm. <laughs> um, into specific points of the body to kind of have some kind of therapeutic effect. Um, and acupuncture is interesting that it can be practiced under a lot of different, um, we academics call it theoretical frameworks. It's a fancy way of saying um, a theory that underlies how we choose those points and things like that. So the, the, the form that I practice and probably the m most common in Australia would be traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture. Um, so that comes from, um, you know, a, a long history of, of Chinese medicine. But there's also Japanese-style acupuncture. Um, there's various other forms. And there's also biomedical acupuncture as well, um, which is kind of a bit more informed by, um, you know, where nerves are and things like that. So it comes from more of a medical background. So lots of different ways to do acupuncture. Um, acupuncture itself is just kind of popping the needles in. And it is, once again, they do not hurt. It is such a, an unusual sensation. But when an acupuncturist nails the point and you just feel that relief, oh boy, it is like euphoric. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's the main, the main thing is that it doesn't, it's not like, a, you know, we're not, we're not giving you lots of injections mm. all over your body. It's a it's a unusual feeling. Some people like it. Some people just find it a bit strange. I quite enjoy it. Mm. Um, when you when you hit the spot, it's a really kind of nice feeling, and you often get a bit of a flood of endorphins as well. I find, you know, so you kind of just like ah, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. So what happens in a session? Say I walk in, I've met you for the very first time. What will ha what will occur? Sure. So everyone will probably do it slightly differently, um, but for me, I think, and and definitely in Chinese medicine. Um, the history taking is really, really important. So most of the first session would be taken up with, you know, taking a history. You know, for something like if you're coming in for endometriosis, we'll, we'll go all the way back to, you know, kind of a, when you had your first period and we'll, we'll ask all kinds of questions about that. But we'll also ask things that you might not expect, you know, so about your sleep, about your energy, how thirsty you are, um, some slightly strange questions about your bowel motions. Um, so we do a very, very thorough history taking. Um, and then what I do is I will, um, so as part of Chinese medicine, the way we do a diagnosis is we, uh, it's called pattern differentiation. So um, we don't really treat based on endometriosis per se. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll take all of the symptoms. Um, we'll also look at your tongue, feel your pulse, and we'll come up with what we call a pattern of disharmony which is a Chinese medicine kind of explanation for what's out of balance or what's wrong. Um, and then I will usually, um, well, I'll almost always explain what that imbalance is. And I'll talk about how that relates to the symptoms that you've been feeling and maybe some of your history as well. So how we've got to that point. And then obviously, really important that we <laughs> stick some needles in you to help that. So um, nice comfy bed, maybe not so comfy at the moment during COVID. Um, less towels, but lie down. Um, most of the time uh, for the first session, we'll have you lying face up. And then we'll pop, um, I'd say on average for me, in between about six and about 16 needles in. 
Um, and then you'll generally just relax. Um, about 20 to 30 minutes with the needles in, um, often come back and give them a little bit of a tweak. Um, the sensation that we're looking for, and I think the one that you mentioned earlier, Ali, is called dirty. And apologies to anyone who speaks Mandarin about my pronunciation. Um, but it's basically the, the feeling of the, we, it's the arrival of the chi. So it's um, dull, it's aching, it's distending. The main thing I explain to people is it just feels weird. It shouldn't feel like something that you're used to. Mm. You know, so it doesn't feel like a sharp feeling. So we'll often come back again and, and, and tweak those a little bit to get that sensation back. But otherwise, you know, it's usually 20 to 30 minutes of, of relaxing with the needles in. Um, for me personally, I'll often also talk about some diet and lifestyle advice if people are interested, um, you know, and this often comes from a mixture of Chinese medicine and, and maybe kind of biomedicine and, and modern research. Um, we also can use other modalities as well. So there is one called um, moxibustion. I'm not sure if you've ever had that, Ellie, the bur burning sticks. Yes, I've had that before. That's magnificent as well. It's very, very popular, especially for, um, I find, for people with endometriosis, period pain, things like that. It's a very intense type of heat. Um, so we'll often use that um, if you can't use that for whatever reason because it is very, very smoky. Mm. Um, and it has a rather suspicious smell to it as well. <laughs> um, we'll use a heat lamp or, or something similar. Um, and I, I tend not to use a lot of cupping. Um, so these are kind of suction cups you will have seen. Um, people at the Olympics with these weird-looking hickeys all over their shoulders. Um, so these are this is a cupping. This often brings in the idea is to relax the muscles and kind of um, cause you know help um, any muscle damage and tension there. I tend not to use that so much with um, women with endometriosis, but other practitioners might. Um, so you might get some cupping, um, and you might get some gua sha, which is a similar technique as well, um, which is. Uh, great for kind of any kind of muscle tension, tightness um, in the muscles. There might be some other things that people do. Um, if you're going to see someone who's also a herbalist, they might talk to you about some Chinese herbal medicine. Um, and that's probably, I think that's probably, you know, what would be happening in most acupuncture sessions. Mm. Now, you are doing clinical trials and research around endometriosis and acupuncture. Are you noticing that it does benefit the endo warriors when they go and get the treatment done? So we just published a study um, a couple of months ago now, um, which was very kindly supported by Endometriosis Australia. Um, and we found, yes, we only did what's called a feasibility study, so it's just an early stage study. Uh, but when you add that to the other evidence which is out there, I'd say, yes, acupuncture seems to be quite beneficial. Um, I think we found on average around a 50% pain reduction in those who had acupuncture twice a week for eight weeks. So they had 16 treatments in total. Um, their pain scores dropped quite considerably. Mm. Um, and other research out there kind of supports a similar um, kind of reduction. So definitely seems to be beneficial. And why do you think that is? Why... I mean, I find it magic and having experienced myself, I highly recommend it to any of the endo warriors. But why do you think that by placing these needles into various parts of the body is able to bring the relief for endo? So I think there's two answers to that. Um, obviously, you've got your Chinese medicine answer, mm -hmm. um, which is based on kind of traditional theory. And that can be based on what the pattern of disharmony is, for example. So we often will say endometriosis 
um, commonly has blood stasis. So you might say, okay, so we're putting in needles in particular points to shift um, blood stasis. So that would be the Chinese medicine explanation. From a medical, like a, a biomedical point of view, it's a bit more complicated um, because the real answer is we're not 100% sure. There's quite a few um, potential mechanisms and they all might contribute a little bit. Um, so we uh, think that there's definitely some endorphin release, so your, natu- your body's natural kind of opioid-like painkillers. Um, we've got pretty good evidence that, you know, after acupuncture, there's an increase in these endogenous endorphins. Um, there are also uh, certain points, they tend to affect blood flow to the uterus as well. Um, and so there's lots of little tiny kind of uterine arterioles, these little blood vessels that go to the uterus. And we don't know so much about an endometriosis, but we do know in primary dysmenorrhea, no, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, normal period pain, mm. which isn't normal, um, these are, uh, the blood flow to the uterus is decreased. So increasing that blood flow can help prevent these kind of cramping feelings. So that might be why it reduces the dysmenorrhea, the, the period pain. There's also some evidence that acupuncture might change um, other forms of um, particular drivers. One of these is nerve growth factor. Um, So we know that in endometriosis lesions, there's lots of these little exposed nerve fibers. I've got lots of nerve fibers in them. Um, And it's driven by this um, nerve growth factor. And so it seems like acupuncture might be able to reduce that. And so you might get less nerves in these lesions, less of these um, little unmyelinated, sort of kind of like, it's a, think of a bit like bare wires. So they're really sensitive. Um, so if we can reduce that, that might also help. And finally, um, we think that acupuncture, there's some evidence to suggest that acupuncture changes the way pain is processed in the brain. So there's certain areas of the brain which are um, responsible for pain processing. And it looks like acupuncture can change that a little bit as well. So there's probably lots of different ways. We're not sure which of these. It's probably a little bit of each, um, but that's kind of what our current understanding is. Yeah. It's definitely worth giving it a try and finding out how it feels for you. Uh, It might be for you. It may not. If someone is thinking of going, is there an ideal time in their cycle to be booking? Should it be a week before their period arrives, during their period, after, or can you go whenever? So my PhD research was on this, actually, and um, it basically you can go whenever is the answer. It seems like the total number of treatments is the most important. So you can go when is convenient for you. I personally found, you know, when I've treated uh, people with endometriosis, during the period, and I'm sure I don't need to tell um, the audiences, but a lot of people feel dreadful you know, pain, cramping, fatigue, exhaustion. You don't have to, from my point of view, I don't think you have to drag yourself into an acupuncturist then unless you want to. Um, it seems most likely that regular treatment throughout the month is the most key um, aspect. Okay. And financially as well, if you have got private health, uh, many of them now do cover complementary medicine, such as acupuncture. So worth doing some research into that. Cost-wise, what could people be looking at roughly? I think, yeah, I think it depends based on the location Mm -hmm. um, of the practitioner. But our recent survey, 
I think it's around, you're probably looking at 70 to to $100 on average per treatment. That would be, that would be you know, kind of what I'd expect. Might be a little bit cheaper somewhere. Um, might be a little bit more expensive if you're, you know, in Sydney CBD. And I know the Endometriosis Australia Facebook uh, little group has got some great recommendations to to find some places um, across Australia. For those in a, a more rural area, is there any way that they may be able to do acupuncture at home? Now, I'm not saying go into the knitting needle kit and, you know, just go and stab that in here, here, there. But maybe is there a way that you can push certain pressure points to help? Yep, absolutely. I've actually created a couple of YouTube clips um, showing how to do some acupressure at home. So anyone can do that. All you need is a thumb or a finger if you don't have a thumb. Thumb's better. Um, And yeah, there's a couple of points which are really easy to reach that you can press. It's not as good as acupuncture, but it's absolutely better than than nothing. Um, And it's obviously completely free. You can do it whenever you want at home. Don't need anybody else. That's magnificent. I'm going to do it on the couch. What's your YouTube so I can find it? <laughs> I actually, I will find out, you know, I'll make sure they're available and um, I'll talk to um, Endometriosis Australia to make sure that there's a link somewhere to them. Okay. Uh, but they're really simple, just a few points. Is it like similar to, uh, there's an old wives tale and I stick to this one. If you have a headache, there's the pressure point between your eyebrows just above your nose. And if you push it in, then that will get rid of the headache. And I find that if I do that for 10 seconds, it sometimes disappears. Is it similar to that? Yeah, kind of. Because that point between the eyebrows is actually an acupuncture point. It's called yin tang. Um, And so we use that. And often the one that everyone knows as well is the one between your thumb and your first finger that you press in for a headache as well. And that's, again, another acupuncture point. That's large intestine four. So, yeah, exactly the same. Basically pressing it, usually for um, endometriosis, we often will apply pressure for about a minute to two minutes on each point. So mm-hmm. a bit longer than that. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise it's the same. Really convenient if you suddenly get some cramps and you're on a bus or something and you're on the way yeah, to work and you're like, a- oh, I've got to fix it. <laughs> you might get a funny look, but, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's worth a try. And what about Chinese medicine, the herbs? Um, mm-hmm. is you specialise in that as well? Yes, yep. So I am a herbalist as well, and it's a really uh, it's an area that I'm really interested in in, in research as well. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot of a lot of studies which are done in China, but are published in Chinese, and they never really come over in, into English. So we've got a bit of a we've got well we've got a significant gap in our understanding um, in the English language kind of academic literature. Okay. I know that you walk into a pharmacy nowadays and you see all these herbs and stuff. If you are interested, go and talk to a professional like Mike um, to ensure that you are getting the right stuff into your body. Yeah. Look, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of over-the-counter things and some of those are are fantastic. Um, But, you know, it is, especially if um, endo warriors on a cocktail of medication, which they often are, Um, you know, so Indone or other opioids or, you know, benzodiazepines or, you know, Lyrica and things like that. Really important to, to make sure that you talk to someone because herbs, you know, they have pharmaceutical actions. They, they act via, you know, the, the same way that in the body um, that um, drugs do. Um, and so, you know, you can get interactions. So it's really important that, you know, you speak to someone to make sure that you're not going to, to have an interaction there. Now, when it comes to finding 
a person who is qualified with acupuncture, because there may be a couple of dodgy people around Australia, <laughs> um, where is the best website to go to to find a trained professional? So all acupuncturists should be APRA registered. Um, so that's part of our, you know, that's part of our professional registration as we have to be APRA registered. So you can go and punch my name in, for example, on the APRA website and you, I'll pop up and you'll see what my qualifications are and what I'm allowed to do. So absolutely make sure your practitioner is APRA registered. They must be. Safety um, first. Yeah, a- absolutely. Safety first. Um, you know, and so it's, you know, it's an arduous process to get APRA registered and, you know, ongoing training and stuff. Really important to make sure that someone, you know, has that, that registration mm. for safety reasons. Um, otherwise, it's a bit more tricky, really. Um, there's no recognised kind of postgraduate qualification or specialisation in complementary medicine or in acupuncture. So, you know, people might say that they're an expert in endometriosis or something like that, but it's, it's kind of a little bit of a stretch because we actually don't have any regulation on that at the moment. So um, a lot of the time it's just finding a practitioner that um, has experience um, in treating, you know, endometriosis or whatever you're going to see them in um, and that they've seen a lot of people. That's obviously really, really helpful. Um, and otherwise, it's probably, um, you know, as long as they're upper registered, then word of mouth, I think, is still probably the best um, way to find someone who's had a positive experience. It's, it's likely that... Um, you know, that, that might be the best way mm. to, um, to find someone who's, who's good, who's caring, who knows what they're doing um, and who, you know, can uh, deliver a, a high quality treatment. And now during lockdown, Mike, you are currently doing a clinical trial. The work never stops. When will the um, results be expected for that? So that is the trial we're running at the moment is um, on Chinese herbal medicine. So it's actually a modification of a very, very famous um, Chinese herbal medicine that is used for endometriosis called Guizhou Fuling Wan. Again, apologies for my pronunciation. Um, so we're probably about halfway through. We absolutely still need um, trial participants. So please, if you would like to join the study, we really still need about 40 more people. Um, COVID has definitely slowed things down for us, and we would we would really appreciate if anyone still would like to join. Um, it can all be done completely remotely. The only thing we need people to do is have a blood test. Um, and so you can join the study, you can do all the other stuff, and then once lockdown eases wherever you are, you can have the blood test then. Um, so when will we finish? Ah, great question. I would, I would say probably around the middle of next year okay. is, is when I expect. Um, COVID obviously has really slowed things down. Uh, for us, but it is still going, and we are still we're still recruiting. And you know, I'm in at the university today, sending out more um, trial medication. So we're still we're definitely still going. If people would like to take part, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, so if you just go to the Nikim website, nicm.edu.au, there's a link there which says clinical trials, and you'll see that there's the herbal medicine for endometriosis study. Okay, fantastic. Give it a while. All you need to do is get a blood test in the end. Yep. And then treat yourself to some acupuncture. (laughs) In all honesty, it's the number one thing that I tell my endo warriors who get in contact with me on Instagram. It's like, what do you do when you're in pain? Go to my acupuncturist. They are a lifesaver. So do the research, find someone, and trust me, when you get that feeling, you'll know exactly what 
I'm talking about and what Mike's been discussing in this episode as well. Mike, thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome, Ellie, and thanks for having me on to blather away. It's been a really interesting chat, and uh, once lockdown's over, I'm coming down to see you for some acupuncture as well. (laughs) You're always welcome. so much to Mike Armour for his time. He is super busy and doing some amazing research as well as the Senior Research Fellow for Nikon Health Research Institute. Make sure you reach out to him if you do want to take part in that clinical trial. And my recommendation to you is to start searching for an acupuncturist near you. Maybe get onto Google, search endometriosis acupuncture or reach out on the Endometriosis Australia Facebook group page and see if you can get any recommendations from there. Looking forward to bringing you another episode of Living With Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. And as always, make sure you leave a review, leave five stars if you've enjoyed it and spread the word about this podcast. We would love to be able to share this with all the endo warriors, not only in Australia, but across the world. Stay safe and I look forward to chatting with you soon.